Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Trevin Hatch. Welcome to the Strangers in Jerusalem YouTube channel and podcast, where we explore the Gospels and the Jesus traditions within their Jewish context. You can find the podcast version of this episode at strangersinjerusalem.podbean.com. Also, check out my book, A Stranger in Jerusalem, Seeing Jesus as a Jew. You'll find many more insights in that book, uh, in the text and also in the footnotes that you don't get in these videos. As always, please subscribe, hit the subscribe button and the little bell so that you get a notification uh, when this a new video comes out. It's very important for the algorithm that you guys comment and like these videos. There's not a lot of good Bible scholarship on YouTube. There's not a lot of professors and scholars who will take the time away from their writing and teaching to put, put content on YouTube. So if you're willing to support the cause, please engage with it and comment. Tell me in the comments something new that you learned while watching this video. In this particular episode, we will examine the comparisons of Jesus to Elisha. Elisha, uh, you remember, was a prophet in the Hebrew Scriptures, and we will compare him to Jesus as the gospel, the gospel's authors do this very much. They compare Jesus and the prophet Elisha, specifically in relation to miracle working. And they don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do, okay? So, Follow me, let's go to Jerusalem. What do the Jesus-Elisha comparisons tell us about how the gospel writers view Jesus? The other question that we have is how might first and second century Jews have interpreted these traditions if they had encountered them, if they heard them or read them? Elisha features prominently in the Gospels and Acts. Most readers would agree that Moses, we talked about Moses in the last video, Moses is most prominent. He's mentioned 50, 57 times. The prophet Elisha is mentioned one time in Luke chapter 4, but he is all throughout the Gospels if we know where to look. The prominence of these two prophets, Moses and Elisha, in the Gospels extends far past explicit references. So let's dive in and look at some of these references. John the Baptist is portrayed in the Gospels as a type of Elijah, and as such, he is destined to act as forerunner to the Messiah. See Mark 9, 9-13, Matthew 11, Matthew chapter 17, and also Luke chapter 1. Many ancient Jewish texts maintain that Elijah would return as judge and as a forerunner to the Messiah. Some of these texts date to a century or two after Jesus. However, the Gospels also house this idea. The Gospels convey that the relationship between John and Jesus paralleled the relationship between Elisha and Elijah. So let me put up on the screen here a few things to keep in mind. The parallels between Elijah and Elisha and John and Jesus. Elijah preceded Elisha. Elisha's ministry paralleled, in several striking ways, his predecessor's ministry, Elijah's ministry. John preceded Jesus. Jesus' ministry paralleled, in several striking ways, his predecessor's ministry, talking about uh, John. As a new Elijah, John paralleled many aspects of Elijah's ministry. As a new Elisha, Jesus paralleled many aspects of Elisha's ministry. For the Gospel writers, the purpose of comparing Jesus to Elisha is to highlight his roles as prophet and miracle worker. Before further exploring these parallels between Jesus and Elisha, 
it, it will benefit us to briefly explore a few similarities between Elijah and Elisha, the two great prophets of Israel who ministered in the northern kingdom in the 9th century BCE. Elijah parts the Jordan River with his mantle and walks through on dry ground. This is 2 Kings chapter 2. After that, he is taken to heaven. Elisha then uses Elijah's mantle to part the Jordan River while invoking, quote, the God of Elijah, unquote. That's 2 Kings 2, 8-14. When Elijah ascends to heaven, Elisha calls out, quote, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, unquote. This is 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. Likewise, as Elisha lay dying later, after when Elisha's dying and, and Elijah's long gone, King Joash of Israel cries out the same words, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. This is 2 Kings 13, 14. So you can see the parallel that the, the, the writers of the Bible of those texts are trying to, to make between a teacher and the student. Elijah also promises an impoverished widow that if she feeds him before feeding her child, then her oil and mill would not expire. This is 1 Kings 17, verses 8 through 16. Similarly, Elisha blesses a poor widow with an abundance of oil. A creditor comes to take her children away as slaves. Elisha instructs her to pour the little oil that she had into vessels. The oil continues to pour and the vessels continue to fill. She has so much oil that she is able to sell it and pay her creditors. This is 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. In another episode, a woman's son becomes ill and dies. Elijah prays and stretches himself upon the child, and the boy's life is restored. This is 1 Kings 17, verses 17 to 24. Similarly, Elijah prays over and lays on a woman's son who had died. Soon the boy recovers. This is 2 Kings 4, 18 through 37. Again, you can see the parallel. Not only did both prophets raise a child from the dead and perform other similar miracles, but they both spent much of their ministry in Samaria and at the vicinity of Mount Carmel. The authors of the Gospels, particularly the author of Matthew, seem to notice these parallels between two great miracle workers and use this model to highlight Jesus' relationship to John the Baptist. Both are miraculously conceived, both Jesus and John the Baptist. See Luke 1. The angel Gabriel announces both of their births and declares their names. See Luke 1. Both John and Jesus say throughout their ministry, there's one point where both of them say, quote, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, unquote. This is Matthew 3, 2 and Matthew 4, 17. Both Jesus and John say to the Pharisees, quote, you brood of vipers, unquote. Matthew 3, 7 and Matthew 12, 34. Both of these figures teach, quote, every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, unquote. Matthew 3, 10 and Matthew 7, 10. The people regard both as prophets, Matthew 11, 9, Matthew 14, 5, Matthew 21, 11, and Matthew 21, uh, 26. This type of deliberate parallelism is common in Matthew. Since Jesus is a type of Elisha, his relationship to John must necessarily mimic Elisha's relationship to Elijah. See how this works? Several of Jesus' traditions perpetuated in the Gospels clearly illustrate that much of Jesus' ministry was viewed through the prism of Elisha's ministry. So not only does Elijah and Elisha's ministries parallel, and Jesus and John's ministry parallel, but John and Elijah as forerunners, their ministries parallel, and then their successors, Elisha and Jesus, their ministries parallel. 
it is telling that Jesus' most memorable miracles, namely control over the elements and raising people from the dead and multiplying food, are all allusions to acts performed by Elisha. So let's talk just a minute about how Elisha was portrayed in, in early Jewish texts. Here is the second century Jewish text, the Wisdom of Ben Sirah. This is second century BCE. This, this text demonstrates how some Jews revered Elisha. The following eulogy of Elisha in this text would also be an appropriate description of Jesus. So here it is. Quote, twice as many miracles he wrought and marvels with every utterance of his mouth. His lifelong he feared no one, nor was any able to intimidate his will. Nothing was beyond his power. From where he lay buried, his dead body prophesied. In life he performed wonders, and after death, marvelous deeds. So that's, that's a description of Elisha that is really interesting because you could, you could show how Jesus fits kind of that profile. So let me show you a few of these parallels between Jesus and Elisha. Jesus and Elisha, for starters, have the same name. We talked about this in another video briefly, but let's review it. For starters, Jesus and Elisha have the same name, the same root letter. So the, the root letters. So in Hebrew, you have the root letters Yod, Shin, and Ein. It says Yasha, meaning he redeemed. And if you take that, that is the same root where we get Joshua comes from that, Yehoshua, and in short, Yeshua, Jesus' name. And you also get Elisha. You put an L, or this is where we translate God, L on the front, and you get Elisha. So you can see how those, root, those roots, Jesus and Elisha, same name. Although not spelled out in the Hebrew Bible, early Jewish tradition maintains a miraculous birth for both Elijah and Elisha, just like John and Jesus. According to a Jewish text, multiple angelic figures of, of shining white appearance visit Elijah's father, Sabacha. And this is right before Elijah's birth. Sabacha reports this incident in Jerusalem. He goes to Jerusalem and reports it, where a prophet says, quote, do not be afraid, he will judge Israel, unquote. That's in the book, The Lives of the Prophets. It's a text that is didn't, it's not in the Bible, but it's at the time, within a few centuries, maybe even the first century of Jesus's life. This same first century text posits that Elisha's birth and prophethood are revealed to and proclaimed by the priest in Jerusalem. The proclamation of Elisha's birth was based on a miraculous sign, just like Jesus. The similarities to John and Jesus are apparent. As with Elijah's father, an angel visits John's father, Zechariah, in Jerusalem. The angel states, so if you remember what the angel told Elijah's father, he said, do not be afraid, he will judge Israel. Here, the angel states to John's father, Quote, do not be afraid. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him, unquote. That's Luke 1, 13. Several elements are present in the birth traditions of both Elijah and John. There's heavenly messengers, we have Jerusalem, and the instruction, do not be afraid. And the baby being identified as a future leader of Israel. Also, just as Elisha's birth is recognized and proclaimed in Jerusalem based on a sign, so is Jesus' birth. The three wise men pronounce his birth in Jerusalem, see Matthew chapter 2, as does Simeon at the temple in Jerusalem, Luke 2, that's verses 25 through 32. In short, the first century Jewish traditions of the births of Elijah and Elisha parallel in key ways the births of John and Jesus, thus giving some context 
of how Jews might have interpreted and received the Jesus traditions. Some early Jews believed that Elijah was a descendant of Aaron. This assertion is not in the Hebrew Bible. It appears in Jewish texts at the time of Jesus, uh, specifically in the lives of the prophets. His successor, Elisha, this is Elijah's successor, Elisha, is not understood to be of a priestly descent. So why is this important? Well, notice that John and Jesus, two northern prophets, meaning that they ministered in the region previously known as the northern kingdom of Israel, mimic the nature and experience of the two northern prophets of old, Elijah and Elisha. The Gospel of Luke declares that John the Baptist was a descendant of Aaron. This is Luke 1.5. It's just like Elijah. And his successor, Jesus, was a non-priestly miracle worker, just like Elisha. And just as Elijah and Elisha are associated with the Jordan River, so too are John and Jesus. More specifically, both Elisha and Jesus begin their ministries at the Jordan River. The river is parted for Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 2, and the heavens are parted for Jesus while standing in the same river. Both Elisha and Jesus are known for controlling the elements. Elisha parts the waters, and Jesus calms the waters, 2 Kings 2 and Mark chapter 6. Elisha causes an axe head to float on water, and Jesus walks on water. This is 2 Kings 6, and then Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 6. Notice that the Gospel writers do not always draw direct, nuanced parallels between Jesus and former prophets. In many sections, they simply structure Jesus' story so that their readers will recall these uh, Hebrew Bible prophets and many figures, and they'll be able to... to situate Jesus and understand him within the Judaic and Hebraic tradition. Uh, and as we already explained, Elisha raises a woman's son from the dead. This is 2 Kings chapter 4. Jesus also raises a woman's son from the dead in Luke 7. The parallels between these two stories are also apparent in the geography. Elisha performs his miracle at Shunem. Jesus performs his miracle at Nain. Both villages, Shunem and Nain, are located on opposite slopes of Mount Moray. Shunem was on the southern slope, about 10 miles in a straight line from Nazareth, and Nain was on the northern slope. Many Jewish hearers and readers of this Jesus tradition would have recalled the Elisha miracle, especially if they knew the geography. Only two individuals in the entire body of Hebrew scripture and in the New Testament, take all that literature, only two individuals heal a leper. Elisha and Jesus. This is for, uh, 2 Kings chapter 5 and Luke chapter 17. The parallels would have been clear to the Jewish reader. Both Elisha and Jesus perform these miracles in Samaria. Both Elisha and Jesus heal foreigners. Elisha heals Naaman of Aram, and Jesus heals a Samaritan. Lepers in both stories are given instructions to follow in order to be healed. Both lepers return to the healers in gratitude. Both stories end when the lepers are instructed to go their way. So see 2 Kings 5 and Luke 17. We mentioned previously that Elisha miraculously multiplied oil for a woman who desperately needed it to pay her creditors in 2 Kings chapter 4. In the same chapter, Elisha converts harmful stew into harmless food, 2 Kings 4. This is verses 38 through 41. After that, Elisha feeds 100 people with only 20 barley loaves. Jesus deals with food in a similar way in all four Gospels. He converts water into wine and then increases it. John chapter, uh, this is John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. He also feeds 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. 
Multiple elements in the story parallel Alicia's miracle. The loaves are miraculously multiplied, the crowd eats until they are filled, and the surplus of food is left over. Further, the author of John supplemented loaves, that word loaves, with barley loaves, probably alluding to the barley loaves in the Alicia story. Regarding the parallels between Jesus and this miracle worker, this giant of the Jewish past who's named Alicia, the writers of the Gospels were not attempting to make Jesus an equal to Alicia. For them, Jesus was greater. But they called stories, they pulled in stories and ideas from the Hebrew Scriptures and from Jewish lore in order to shape Jesus' story. Many of the Jesus-Alicia parallels demonstrate that the outcomes of Jesus' miracles were more elaborate than those of Alicia's miracles. The Jordan River was parted for Alicia, but the heavens parted for Jesus. Alicia causes an axe head to float, but Jesus actually walks on the water himself. Alicia heals a leper, but Jesus heals 10 lepers. Alicia miraculously fed 100 people with 20 loaves, but Jesus fed thousands with fewer loaves. The authors of the Gospels attempted to link Jesus to Alicia and, then, and Moses, as we talked about in the previous episode. They did this in order to increase the impact of Jesus' story and especially to argue for Jesus' authority. Thanks for watching this video. And again, subscribe if you enjoy learning about the Jewish context of Jesus' ministry. Please, again, tell me in the comments something new that you learned in this episode. And as always, you'll find more details in my book, A Stranger in Jerusalem, Seeing Jesus as a Jew. But that was awesome. <laughs>